0: We're continuing our sermon series on Running on Empty. Today I want to talk about a real tension that I feel about stopping to refuel. Does anyone else feel the tension when you stop into a gas station? Gas prices can be 241 $231, 221 depending on which gas station you stop at. No matter how nice they make gas stations, it's still a drag to stop to get refueled. Many of them have many supermarkets inside, ATMs, they have flat-screen TVs, even a water park at one, only because the kids didn't know the difference between a car wash and a water park. Credit cards, they don't always work at the pump. Sign appears, see attendant inside. When it does work, it didn't ask all those other questions, debit or credit, do you want a car wash, what is your zip code? So all I can really say is that refueling is a drag, but I want today to take the negative image of our culture and try to help you understand that in our spiritual lives, This whole idea of refueling that we know so well from our automobile life is essential for our spiritual life. If you want to be vibrant in your relationship with God, if you want to draw close to God, if you want an intimacy that your heart longs for, if you want to experience that fullness that comes from being a follower of Jesus, then you have got to learn to be full of life from God. Please take out the sermon notes that have been prepared for you in your worship guides. The Apostle Paul, he's giving a prayer and he's giving a challenge to the church at Ephesus. And it's a prayer and a challenge that I want to give to each of you this morning. Look at Ephesians 3 verse 19. You will be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Circle that word, filled, in that verse. Paul's prayer is that you would be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. And that word, fill, in the Greek, which is the original language of the New Testament, is a continuous verb. Filled. In your notes, means a continuous refueling. It's not a one time filling. The word means to be filled, to be filled, to be filled, to be filled. It's a constant refueling. Now, why is it a constant and continuous? Because we have a constant and continuous need. I know that I am not filled on a regular basis, it's got to be a daily basis. If it doesn't happen daily, I begin to feel empty. Other people around me will notice the difference also. Other people going through life with me, they'll look at my fuel gauge, my spiritual fuel gauge, and they know, they know when I'm empty because my emptiness in your notes, my emptiness affects me daily. Daily. It also affects you and others daily. Maybe you can help identify with my emptiness. I am selfish with my time when I'm running on empty. I'm impatient when I'm driving around people who act like idiots in their cars. My judgment is distorted when I'm unempty. empty. I do not make good decisions. I lack compassion for others when I'm empty. I am short with people, particularly with short people. I'm even more cynical when I'm spiritually empty. So what about you? Do you know what it looks like for you to be running on empty? Do you know that what it even looks like to be full? Or have you been running your spiritual life on fumes, so long that you have forgotten the real taste of fullness of life and power from God and what it's all about. So if I could show each one of you this morning how not to run on empty, how to live your life where you are always topping it off and full, would you be interested? See, before we want to get into the how to do that, Let me build a case for why. Three reasons why you need to be refueled. In your notes, number one, I need to be refueled because emptiness is not working for me. People will say that they are just too busy. Running around on empty is not working. I'm tired of being tired, they say. The race of busyness, that's netting. No results. Something must be changed. So look with me at Jeremiah 6, verse 16. This is what the Lord says, stand at the crossroads. Look. Then you ask the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is. Then walk in it. And you will find what? Rest for your souls. I hope you will meditate on that passage I want you to read it over and over and over. Think about it. You're at a crossroads. And in your notes, busyness, your busyness has a price. There's a price to your busyness. Busyness cripples your relationships. Your busyness fills your calendars, but it fractures your families. Busyness props up your image but shrinks your heart. Busyness feeds your ego, but starves your soul. Instead of running on empty, which is not working, take this advice from Jeremiah: find a good way, and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. Number two in your notes: I need to be refueled because my soul wants to be filled. But what is my soul? The soul is an invisible part of you. The soul is the eternal part of you. The soul is the part of you that connects you with God. Your soul is what makes you different from all the other animals of God's creation. Your soul defines you. And that's why Jesus made such a big deal. God wanted people to understand that your soul is more important than any and all the stuff you have. Your soul is more important than all your activities that you have. Your soul is more important than your career. Look at Matthew 16, 26. And how do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul in the process? Is anything worth more than your soul? It's likely that you really do not give much thought to the fact that you even have a soul, One person said that they oh, they think about soul all the time. They like the music. In reality, however, when our bodies are empty, we know how to fill them up. We just eat. When our minds are empty, we can fill our minds up through study and reading. But what do you do when your soul is empty? See, I may be wrong, but in your notes, most people do not even know they have a soul. We think a lot about our bodies. We give some thought to our minds, but little thought goes to our souls. And Jesus is here telling us, in God's divine measuring system, your stuff loses all its values when compared to your soul. Your soul is a much bigger deal. It's far and away your most valuable possession. And the key that I want you to understand is this point. In your notes, write this down. We are not physical beings having a temporary spiritual experience. This worship experience today is not a temporary intrusion into your materialistic life. No, rather we are, in your notes, we are spiritual beings. We are spiritual beings with a soul having a temporary physical experience on earth. So number one, a life of emptiness is not working out. And number two, my soul wants to be filled. It is crying out to be refueled. Number three, in your notes, also, I need to be refueled because my soul refueling is an investment in eternity. If I take time to refuel my soul, I'm making an investment in eternity. Look at Second Corinthians 5. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. So we live by faith, not by sight. See, the Bible says that your body is like Tupperware. In the Bible, in your notes, your body is described as a container. Our bodies come in all shapes and sizes. We like to go to parties with our bodies. We feel a lot better when we have burped. When I connect with God, I am not only accessing power and guidance for today. The Bible says I am also making an investment in eternity. Or in your notes, refueling the soul is preparation for your final home. When you think about all the stuff that you're building and all the stuff that you're gathering and all the stuff that you're achieving, none of these things is going to last. See, most people, they have tried to develop devotional times, times when they read their Bibles. 80% of people who have tried still do not have a daily time where they refuel with God. And you may be one of them. And you say, I've tried, but my day is just too busy. I just can't do that. I've tried this stuff before. It just doesn't work for me. All of these excuses pop up. But in your notes, excuses always come from Satan. Excuses are not from God. God has an enemy, and that's Satan. And there's a battle for your soul. And these excuses often are fed by your guilt. These feelings of guilt, they'll limit your spiritual growth. So today I would like to just share three very, very simple steps for refueling your soul. Number one, on the back of your notes the first thing you have to do every day you got to stop. Yeah, you got to stop your life. And that's the very opposite of go, go, and move, and do. You must stop for a period of time during the day. That sounds pretty easy, but it's not. The point is that for your soul to be nurtured you have got to stop. You cannot refuel on the run. See, as much as we might like to, our cars to just drive past those gas stations and suddenly be full, it does not work that way. And you cannot refuel spiritually on the run. Busy people struggle with stopping. So you stop your body. You stop your mind. You stop thinking about your to-do list. You just stop everything. Many of you who are real doers are already asking, okay, okay, stop. What do I do then? Number two in your notes. The second thing you have to do after, you stop. You be quiet. To be refueled. Being quiet is an equivalent of air and water for the body. Silence is an important ingredient in the life of all spiritual growth. In a world where noise is so much around us, silence actually becomes deafening. Some of us cannot even handle silence because we have conditioned ourselves to need more noise. Think about it. You wake up with an alarm clock with noise in the morning. You turn on TV noise or music noise to start your day. You get in your car and you turn on more noise. You go to work and you have noise there. You come home and there's noise. There's human noise trying to compete with your electronic noise. You have even a world burping noise. You go to walk and what do you do? You put on noise. And you go to bed, you cannot fall asleep, so you download nature sounds to help you relax. We're really psycho. We have conditioned ourselves to need noise and more noise. I did a little research and found that there are noises that themselves will make people eat more, noises that will make people shop more, Noises that make people spend more. Now I'm looking for some noise, some music to help people give more to church. To hear God's voice. First, we had to be quiet. God is not going to compete with the noise of ESPN or Desperate Housewives or Dancing with the Stars. God loves you too much. He wants you to communicate with you Communication is a two-way street. It's not just talking to God, but it's God talking to us. So we must stop. We must be quiet. We must listen. Look at 1 Kings 19. Go out and stood, stand before me on the mountain, the Lord said. As Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by. A mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. But the Lord, he was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. And in that very gentle whisper, Elijah heard God. One translation says it was a still, small voice. Years ago, when slavery was around, slaves had earrings. These earrings would attach the slave to his master. This is how you knew who the slave was owned by. I think today, phones are the equivalent of earrings. In a modern-day version of a slave earring, It says that you are a slave to your telephone. It owns you. In your notes, we are always slaves to the noise. I was looking at some of the basic elements that we have in a Benedictine monk. There's a big deal about monks today. But in your notes, monks, monks, they take a vow of silence. They were silent for months, sometimes even for years. It served the purpose of helping them to grow spiritually. So then I found this quote on silence. In your notes it stated, Only in silence can we actually hear the call of God. And also in your notes, Only in silence can we hear the cries of others. I love that quote. If you want to be refueled, number one, you got to stop. Number two, you got to be quiet. And I'm not saying that you never use a cell phone or that you turn it off all electricity in your house, become an Amish monk. That's not the point. The point is that you must stop, you must be quiet. Number three in your notes. The third thing that you have to do to refuel is to make a connection. You stop, you be quiet, you make a connection with God. And if there's any generation in the history of humanity that understands connection, it's ours. It's our generation. Because we're always connected. Some of you have been texting and answering emails during the worship service. That's how connected you are. With all the stuff that you have, Blackberries, instant messaging, mobile phones, emails, you're always connected. So, what I'm asking you to do in this sermon, stopping to refuel, is for just a little bit of time, you pause the outer connections so that you can make an inner connection. The inner connection is essential for getting filled up spiritually. Look at what Jesus says in Matthew 11. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle, humble in heart. You'll find rest for your souls. For making a connection, you come to Jesus in prayer. For making a connection, you come to Jesus in your Bible reading. And on your sermon notes, I have a picture, a picture of a gas pump that Rita drew. I wanted you to have a visual reminder of our sermon theme for today, Stopping to Refuel. I've noted there are six suggestions for making connection with God, and there are many, many others. But Number one, you choose a passage from the scriptures, and you just repeat it and repeat it until you finally memorize it. Number two, read one psalm a day and you pray that psalm back to God. Number three, you read one chapter of Proverbs each day for 31 days and write down key thoughts in a notebook. Number four, read a daily devotional book. Some are just quick snacks. Others are full course meals. Number five, read through a book of the Bible and note your favorite verses. And number six, read and reflect on some good Christian book. So I'm asking you to refuel by doing three things. Stop, be quiet, make connection. Does it seem possible? Does it seem practical? Can you imagine how your life would be different if you could just top off your soul each day so you could stop running on empty? So Paul's words to the church and to you and me. I want you to be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds. In Christ Jesus. Amen.